Revenge is not the Jedi way. I am no Jedi. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Long Time Ago Radio, a conversational podcast about Star Wars and the official podcast of CanonTimeline.com. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Mobley, and I'm joined by my two favorite fans in the galaxy, Alex Vargas and Rebecca June Lane. How's it going? Excellent. Going good. Sweet, sweet. And of course, like we mentioned on last episode, we're going to have rotating fourth guests, and this week we get to have our first rotating fourth guest. We're joined by Nicole Martinez. How you doing, Nicole? Hey. You're okay. pretty good. Yeah? All right, tell the, tell the folks who you are, what what you do, how'd you, how'd you get into Star Wars, and then what's your favorite Star Wars movie? Ooh. And there's no shaming. We don't shame on this podcast. So if you say episode one, which I know is not the answer. It's not the answer. Well, I'll, I'll support you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I've known Josh for many years, and he actually was the one who introduced me to Star Wars. I hadn't seen it. Um, because I lived under a rock, apparently, <laughs> and uh, really, I, I really liked the the original trilogy. But what really got me into it was watching Clone Wars TV show, um, which we'll probably get into a bit later. But yeah, uh, I'm a writer for a living, and just really enjoy chatting about Star Wars. Sweet, sweet. All right. Um, well. Oh, I guess I didn't answer huh? my favorite movie, huh? Oh, yes. You need to answer favorite God. Movie. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to get back to you. Okay. <laughs> All day special. Yes. That's, that's <laughs> keep pushing it. I haven't seen it. I'm going to keep pushing it. I'm almost scared to watch it, but uh, we'll see. Um, anyway, what's what's going on in everyone's, uh, everyone's Star Wars lives since we last talked? What, what's everybody reading, watching? What's everybody doing? Wearing another new Star Wars t-shirt for the There occasion. you go. A new, new one? Like yeah. you bought one in the, in the last two weeks? I did. Uh, Leia, of course, needed a specific Leia shirt nice. um, for the topic this week, Women in Star Wars. I'm also now only three chapters in because it's been a busy week of Lost Stars, but yeah. <laughs> loving it so far. Uh, yeah, and a friend of mine just let me borrow one, two, three, four, five, six, eight volumes of uh, Star Wars comics. So that nice. is going to be my go. homework for the week. Nice. The good thing about those Star Wars comics is they're pretty, they're pretty short. Like, you can get through them pretty quick. Yeah, they're a yeah. fast read. Yeah. yeah, but they're really fun. Um, I'm excited. So last Saturday, I ended up watching four Star Wars movies in a row. <laughs> <laughs> because Nicole was out of town and I had nothing to do and I was like I haven't watched Rogue One since it was in the theater and I have this Blu-ray so I'm going to watch it I watched that and then I watched all the special features and then I was like man you know what I haven't watched in a long time Jedi so I popped in <laughs> I popped in that horrible edit of Jedi with the dancing lipstick woman yes. and then the the uh, the uh, what's his name I almost called him Heath Ledger and I was like that was not his name <laughs> Who are you uh, speaking about? Uh, Anakin. Prequel Anakin. Oh, uh, Christensen. Yeah, yeah. Hayden there Christensen's ghost at the end. I'm like, yes. come on now. Which you would not look you like watch? that. Was it huh? the Blu-ray or was it like the It was the Blu-ray, DVD? yeah. Uh, oh, so the super, super edited version. Yeah. With the blinking Ewoks. Yeah. I still feel so grateful that I watched the VHS tapes first before oh, I yeah. saw the remastered oh, yeah. ones. 
Yeah, I I think that episode four remaster is not that bad. It's it's fine. I think all the like dobacks and stuff look really dumb, but other than that, and I like how they opened up Cloud City actually in the I second do. one. Yeah, you have yeah. a nice like sunset lighting too with the fake windows that they had. That's that. true. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 good looking, but yeah. So I watched Jedi, and then after that, I was like. I'm going to put episode four on with commentary. So I watched it with commentary. <laughs> and then after that, I watched Force Awakens. And then it was like two in the morning and I wow. just went to sleep. <laughs> you went uh, hard. Yeah. Um, and then also, since we last talked, I finished Dark Disciple. What did you think? I liked it. Right. Uh, I thought the romance was a little forced. So That's probably my one complaint. But other than that, I liked it. Uh, and I have started Bloodlines which everyone tells me is amazing, and so far it's pretty good. And uh, that's, that's the uh, the book about Leia. It takes place between 6 and 7. Cool. Uh, it's very political. It's a lot slower, but it's interesting because it, it gets into all the, you know, like the New Republic's, like, growing pains and stuff, and they're, they're trying not to... And, like, Leia doesn't want to leave it and, you know, t- like, turns into another empire and stuff, and sure. it's interesting. Um, and then a bunch of comics. That's about it. What's everybody else? What, <laughs> that's Alex, it. <laughs> that's it, yeah. I, I've been kind of on a big kick lately, so. Uh, Alex, what have you been up to? I uh, had a troop this Friday night for some fifth graders who were big Star Wars fans that we got mobbed, Aww. but that was fun. Um, what else? Not much else, really. It's been very calm in our Star Wars world right now for us just been doing a lot of research on upcoming action figures and some of the conventions that are coming up figuring out what panels and things like that are going to be uh nice provided yeah you know i really wish i really wish celebration was next year (laughs) i kind of miss it yeah it was a good convention yeah it was super fun and i want to go back yeah but anyway we should move on to our topic but before we do, once again, welcome to Long Time Ago Radio. Whether you're from the class of 77 or Rogue One was your first Star Wars film, you're welcome here. And now, let's get going. We're heading for Nima Outpost. If someone's looking for you, we'll find them there. Huh? Alright, so normally I write a blurb for this part and read it off but every time i tried to write something i it just did not come off correct or sincere and i'm like i don't know that a a pasty white guy can like really write (laughs) correctly about the impact of women in star wars so instead of that i was just gonna let the two ladies sort of talk about you know how they feel i don't even know how to describe it how do you uh, feel about women in Star Wars? I can take it off your hands, Josh. There you <laughs> go. Yeah, please. <laughs> Just a little stressed out. Yes. Yeah, so our topic this week is women in Star Wars. And, uh, you know, as a Star Wars fan, as a young girl, um, and watching Star Wars throughout my entire life, I think having Leia 
uh, as a constant force in my life, uh, definitely had an effect on me and who I am. Um, the way she talks to authority, uh, the way she presents herself, the way she handles herself around men and people in power, um, I think really did have an effect on, on who I am. She, obviously we're lucky to be a little bit younger and growing up in the 90s and uh, we had other, I had Buffy, I had Hermione, but I think those people were modeled after Leia. This take no crap from anybody woman who knew what she knew and wasn't going to apologize for it. And, uh, you know, I, I think the most exciting thing for me was, you know, seeing how the new incarnation of, of Star Wars has taken a lot from her character and kind of pushed it to the next level. Um, you know, going back and looking at the old films, I, you know, we could talk about this a little bit more in depth. There isn't representation. Leia is the only one. There is only three other women who speak at all in the original trilogy for a whopping one minute and three seconds out of 386 minutes of screen time. Um, but now we have Rey and we had Maz and we had Phasma and the Bechdel test was accomplished in the first act, uh, which is the test of having two women speak to each other on screen um, about something other than a man um, within, you know, a, you know, the first act of uh, Force Awakens, which is amazing. And, um, you know, it's not just about a girl's running around after a Jedi. You know, when Rey held that lightsaber, it was so satisfying. Um and the extended universe and you know had had established some really great female characters great female villains too um and i'm just really excited to see where they take it from here um because they definitely are not only adding more women to the universe but different women who have you know uh, that that aren't just like strong empowered females some of them that are you know weaker villains or have you know um different views on the universe and it's incredibly exciting to see how seriously they're taking it um yeah, I think I think that's an interesting thing about coming into it later, because um, I didn't watch Star Wars as a kid, and I remember seeing Leia in particular in the first movie, and thinking like I really wish I had known about this when I was younger, because she was such a good role model for, like you said, standing up for yourself. And I think one of the other interesting things was that I did notice she was the only one who really had a major role. But luckily for me, you know, Clone Wars the TV show was already out. And I could go jump right into that. And they had so many different women. Um, and it was really nice to kind of get that intro with Leia and then open up and see all these different female characters that, you know, like you said, some are strong, some are weak, some are Jedi, some are villains. Uh, and I think we just, it's a really exciting time to watch how they're just growing and growing. And now they're bringing in Rose. Um, so we'll see what they do. Yeah, and I think with Leia, it's interesting. I think a lesser actress than Carrie Fisher might have found herself lost in that role. Yeah. Uh, um, but, you know, a little short for a stormtrooper. She just had everything in that moment, you know? Yeah. <laughs> she had sex and sass and, you know, wit and, you know, somebody's got to save our skins. It's almost incredible to think that that was 1977. I mean, that's the thing. You can't. You can't look back and, and say, oh, I hate the past for being the past. It was the past. And we should be lucky that we have her uh, to look back at on those, in those films. But, um, you know, looking forward is, is very exciting. Yeah. I remember that moment where she stood up to Vader was the moment I was like, oh, man. Yeah. I'm so She's excited. not scared at all. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, I, 
just you talking about how Carrie Fisher was like just super right for that role. Have you have any of you ever watched like the the other screen tests of the other actresses? No, because it's yeah. just like man, this does not feel right. It's I don't know. There's awkward, something yeah. about it. Yeah, I watched those. It was it, you could tell Carrie was perfect. Yeah, because everyone else, I mean, they did a, a fine job. None of them were bad, but they didn't have that personality and that like even when Carrie had her more measured lines you could tell that her mind was working behind it and she was just in control all the time right and I think that's important when when you're looking back you know for people if they are just now revisiting the original trilogy um the love story with her and Han is 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 interesting because you know they're first kiss she literally says no to him three times yeah. <laughs> you know they wouldn't write that scene the same way these days um and then i love you i know is you know kind of a jerk move but you know we know carrie fisher we know those two characters so you know that she loves him and he loves her but there is a little bit of uh, i don't know if this is the most romantic of love stories but the cool thing is they keep that kind of we, you know, they're attracted to each other, they're into each other, they love each other, but there's this fire between them into The Force Awakens. It's not like we, we flash forward and there's this happy family, happy marriage, you know. She's still a, you know, badass, you know, committed leader and warrior, and he's still a rogue. Um, but I, you know, looking at the new trilogy, you know, Ray, my favorite moment early on where I knew they were going to knock it out of the park was when... Uh, Finn kept trying to grab her hand when they were running away, and she just like kept trying to pull away. Like, why are you taking my hand? I'm perfectly capable of running. So, um, I'm I'm excited that it's that our female character isn't going to be dominated by a love story where Leia's story kind of was all about that in Empire and Jedi. Yeah, and speaking of that moment with Rey and Finn, I really like that they kind of they played it like they both needed each other like Finn mm-hmm. was new to this he was still trying to figure it out and in that particular moment where he kept trying to grab her hand by the end of the sequence it kind of felt like he was doing it for his own <laughs> yes. comfort and that was kind of <laughs> nice to see yeah totally um and then also to the new trilogy you know I think I think a lot of people hear like Bechdel test and they're like kind of roll their eyes but um you know seeing uh, Ray and Leia hug. Um, you know, that's a scene without any words when something terrible has happened. And, um, you know, that's the kind of moment you can get having two strong female characters. And that's something that I've been missing. And it, like, is really emotional. Representation is, is really important. And, um, you know, uh, that's something you can only get when you have characters that are strong females who you know the emotional depth of. Um, And, uh, yeah, I think I was, I actually was talking to you guys earlier about how in the original trilogy, you know, I loved Leia, but I wanted to be a Jedi, right? So I bought lightsabers. I was, you know, trying to pretend to be Luke because, you know, you want the force powers. And it was kind of a bummer when you found out, oh, there's another, uh, it's Leia. Uh, and all she really does is have some moments of intuition, um, Though they are important moments of intuition. She helps save Luke. She has she remembers her mother, which I never really understood, but now that she has kind of force capabilities, that makes more sense. She, you know, knows he's she's his sister. She knows he's alive at the end. And then she has that knowledge to comfort Ray in that moment. And um, I think that's a really specific feminine, wonderful use of her intelligence and of the force. 
just to just to butt in here really quick. Uh, in in volume two of the Star Wars comic, Leia does get to use a lightsaber. Yeah, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. You're gonna have to edit that out. Oh, but <laughs> I will. I'll write it. I'll write it down at the time code. Give me an Otini or something, because that's the appropriate yeah. response to that. Yes. yes. Uh, Man, but that's why it's so important to have multiple women in these movies, because like Leia is super important, and I agree with you that her her intuition and her, her the way she uses the Force is great. But I think. If you take, if she's the only woman, you do get that disappointment of like, well, I want to see a woman be a Jedi. I want to see a woman be a really cool villain. Um, yeah. So I think it's cool that now that we have filled out, started to fill out the cast a bit more with Rey and Phasma, we can enjoy Leia for what she is mm-hmm. um, while having everyone else too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's very cool, and I and a lot of of the female characters that I think of now come from like extended media, like Clone Wars with Ahsoka. And then, and then, uh, (laughs) but what's cool too, is it's not always just like, not every character is just like, um, a super badass, you know? Um, like, uh, one of the characters that I really, really like who doesn't, who barely gets any time or media around her is Depa, which was, uh, Kanan's master. Like she always came across, I like I read um, a new Dawn, and she's in that a bit, and then I've read some of the Kanan comics, and she's in that. She comes across as like a very kind teacher, like that third grade, fourth grade teacher you had that was like very, very kind and understanding. Mm. I think that's like a really cool, um, you know, aspect of her character. I'd love to see more of her, but you know, she doesn't really make it through Order sixty six. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah. Uh, but. I think it's it's something to be said that like uh, honestly when I hear like our character is so badass which I'm gonna have to edit that out now now that I think about <laughs> it. Bad Utini. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I and it's it's like an immediate turnoff for me because it's like it it doesn't matter the gender but if someone says that I'm like okay but I want like I want good characters not necessarily like strong ones well we've had know? that discussion um a lot just like in writing and stuff bad like they say strong female characters and I I get where that term comes from but I think what's more important is to have complex female characters 100 yeah. percent. and so yeah I get what you're saying where it's like describing a character as just like can I not say that word we try not to curse. As bad Utini. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't... That doesn't really tell you anything about who they are. And I think a lot of people, especially early on when they're starting to get women into media, kind of rest on that. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, we're not making her a damsel, so she's progressive. But now I think we've gotten to the point where it's like, okay, we hit that milestone. We need to push ourselves further and try and make them uh, characters that we want to be, characters we want to be friends with people who with actual personalities and faults and complicated relationships with other people as opposed to just they're really good at fighting because even that's a little bit of like a you know fantasy male thing oh she's super strong yeah Yeah. no um and and ones that have flaws like us so that you know that's the thing about representation you want to be able to see yourself in the character um yeah, and and you guys were talking about the extended, you know, the stuff outside the four, the main core films. Um, yeah, the the prequel trilogy 
still not great in terms of female representation. I, they couldn't really find a great place for Padme. Um, you know, was she going to be strong with diplomatic girl? But then they just really underwrote that whole storyline. So she wasn't really coming off great. And, you know, and then she was rolling around in the sand for a little bit. But um, that love storyline really let her down. Oh, yeah. Um, so there wasn't a lot for her to latch onto. But then, you know, just like you, Nicole, Ahsoka in Clone Wars was just a revelation. Um, and then there was, like, lots of other characters in Clone Wars that were interesting. I thought, um, you know, Obi-Wan's, like, ex-girlfriend Satine and their kind of romance, that was very interesting. Um, maybe the first kind of alluded romance that I actually enjoyed in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Um, it's hard to do romance it seems like it's hard to do romance right in Star Wars because I've only experienced, like, yeah, that one and then the one in Lost Stars are the ones that I'm like, these work. Well, I you think know. with uh, Obi-Wan and Satine, it felt like a complicated adult relationship, and that's mm-hmm. what made it work for me. It just, like, they both had their own things going on in their lives that conflicted with the relationship, and they didn't try and force them together the way they did with Anakin and Padme. It was just, it felt like they had history, and I think that's part of it. But it is difficult. I try and forget about the prequels often because that romance bothered me so much. Yeah. Well, you have to keep in mind, too, for the prequels, they they had a very strict, you know, they had to go down a certain path, so it didn't allow them to to be able to flesh out, preferably as as nice as we had liked certain storylines. I mean, we knew... Certain characters had to die. Certain characters had to become villains, and unfortunately, I think with the focus on making sure Darth Vader be- or Anakin became Darth Vader, there was they they focused so much on that that we lost a lot of what could have been stories. And I think that they brought a lot of those in through the Clone Wars cartoon. Yeah. Um, but again, at the time, we were limited to three movies. Now that we have all you know the co- cartoons, the comic books, and the books, it allows the uh, the writers and the story group to create these more complex stories that were, you know, that last longer than an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah, and I think they really started off on the wrong foot making him so young in the first one. Yeah. Because it made it, it had this level of creepy awkwardness (laughs) through the whole thing, even once he became older, that I just could never really shake. Yeah. And they barely touch it in the Clone Wars cartoon series because they've just set up this relationship that's just not that intriguing at all so they can't and I think you know we say how not that there's anything against Natalie Portman she was just given nothing to latch on to like Leia was you know um if she had maybe been a well-rounded character it might have brought some shades out of Anakin but um I think you're right that they emphasized his dark turn so much that it was really hard to buy him being head over heels for this woman and it not have a creepy aspect to it because you got to think about the gap in between each movie too all of a sudden you see little nine-year-old anakin to creepy teenager you know <laughs> he's got like he looks yeah. at padme with that like he looks down and that creepy look up and yeah it, and you it, just know you were a kid like two seconds ago yeah. and, and unfortunately because of that it's they have to emphasize anakin's turn to the dark side you don't they they're not given the chance to you know explain more about their relationship all we know is he likes her as a kid. Now he's grown up. They kind of have this fling. Next movie, oh, you're pregnant. Yeah. But not enough time to develop it, which would have been nice to have gotten some books and some stories in between that. Uh, but I think at the time when they were making those movies, the whole expanded universe was you know, such a, a wild west 
that it was hard to rein in the ability to even create stories that fit in with the canon without them going crazy. Yeah, Legends is man. Yeah, I mean, it's just just looking at the way that the storylines. I mean, you had villain of the week. You had you know people turning to the dark side. The re- same repetition of the same storyline over and over and over. And now that we have, I mean, under under Disney's rule, now that you have the story group that has created a timeline that has to be followed now they're able to work within those boundaries as opposed to well if i write this character doing this you know he's going to end up turning to the dark side later on randomly it it just gives them more control over what we should have had well alex let me ask you this because i don't know very much about the extended universe um we just talk about how the original trilogy leia was really the only strong character and even then her romance has some questionable elements and then how the prequel trilogy not great for women either. Was there anything in that Wild West period before Disney recanonized where there were strong female characters that came out of that? I think so. You had, uh, what was it, Han and Leia's daughter, Jaina Solo. She was a pretty mm. strong character. You had Mara Jade, who was a strong character. Uh, I'm sure there's more that I just can't think of off the top of my head. And Mara Jade was? Mara Jade was... She was the love interest of Luke Skywalker, basically. Yeah, so mm-hmm. she was, I believe, referred to as the Emperor's Hand. So... She was an Inquisitor before they were Inquisitors. Oh, cool. Uh, she was hired to kill Luke. Didn't go that way. They fell in love, and they basically started the new Jedi Order. Interesting. Is there any chance that that could be new canon as well, or no? That's what People were asking hoping. for it so much. <laughs> I, could see, I could see them bringing her back as an Inquisitor, but I, I don't see her coming back in the same way that she did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. Uh, people love Mara Jade. Like so much, and they they want her to come back so bad, but uh, she dies she tragically. Does, it... Sorry, spoilers. I thought I read she died tragically in the extended she universe. Probably does. I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm sure they brought her back. They're like, "There's a clone," you know. And then, and <laughs> hey, she they called back. Emperor, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if any of you have ever watched watch Star Wars YouTube videos where people explain like canon stuff, but sometimes I've watched some about legends and I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) It's weird. It's like, man, how did they reconcile like any of this? You know? Well, now we have clarity, and clearly they're putting women at the forefront of a lot of these stories. So, um, in terms of Clone Wars, we've already talked about comic books. You mentioned Lost Stars, which I've just started, but you were saying earlier, Josh, uh, that she's one of your favorite female characters. Yeah, so previously, we'll have to go back to Ahsoka because I think Ahsoka warrants like a a whole other conversation, (laughs) too. But previously, I would have said that like Ahsoka and closely behind her. Uh, Baris Offie probably would have been my favorite female characters in the entirety of Star Wars. Another but after reading Wars Lost character. Stars twice, I think I think Sienna Ree has has probably beat them both out, which is kind of a radical thing to say. But what's weird is that Sienna is like a character that I would disagree with on almost every level. Like I don't I don't agree with her political beliefs. And, and all these other things that she says. But the thing is that she's such a complicated character, and because the the Lost Stars story takes place before Episode 4 all the way till after Episode 6, it's like you start off with these characters as kids all the way into their adulthood, and, they, and you just you see their growth and their thought, and they develop over the course of the entire book, and they just make sense. It's like I understand why they would think this way, 
based on where they came from and like their personal experience and their perspective it's like they're not technically wrong you know and i think she's a really good example of that because she's a pilot in the empire and she thinks that the empire can do good regardless of like the death star and all these other things it's like and then even when you know i don't want to get too deep into it but like she's she's like desperately trying to be the good of the empire because i mean if you if you read a lot of the newer canon stuff like the empire is not 100 percent evil all bad like there are good people like her in it trying to do good trying to save people and it's i think that's really compelling and really interesting and i and i just i don't know i love her as a character female author of the novel i believe right yeah um Man, I'm, I'm blanking on her name, but Claudia I'm Claudia Gray. It's sitting Claudia in front Gray. Of me. I'm cheating. Sorry. <laughs> yes. So, is it? Yeah. Claudia Gray. So she also wrote Bloodlines, and I'm reading that. Um, and I, and the writing style definitely comes through. She writes very well. I like her style. They actually mentioned the pl- the planet from Lost Stars in Bloodlines in the very beginning, and I had like a little like nerd excitement like squee, <laughs> but uh, it's only like a passing mention. They're like, "Oh, this this statue of Bail Organa was built with uh, Jello Canny uh, stone," and I'm like, "Oh my god, they mentioned <laughs> Jello Can!" It's like, ah, uh, but is she the writer who's doing the uh, Battlefront Two Inferno Squad book? I think that's Christy Golden. Okay. Who, uh, she, she also wrote. I don't remember. She wrote something else in Star Wars that I'm kind of blanking on. But but good representation. I mean, that's part of it. Having female writers write female characters. That's how you yeah get exactly complex people. Yeah. Yeah, and um, you know, I think actually Christy Golden wrote. Didn't she write Dark Disciple? True. I'm. Maybe tripping. Everybody's like, oh. like check the book. I have the it book right over here. Book is on the bookshelf <laughs> over there, but yeah, I, I, but I, she's also writing. I think the Phasma novel. I'm so excited and, for that. Uh, and then Claudia Gray right now is writing a Leia novel that's supposed to come out in September, I think, and it's about Leia when she was like 17. So Ooh. that'll be pretty interesting. Um, but we'll see. Anyway, we should we should actually double back to Ahsoka because I think, you know, we talked about the impact of Leia on the entirety of the franchise, but we haven't talked about how big an impact Ahsoka had mm-hmm. on on the probably the current fandom right now. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't know who wants to start. I don't but know. <laughs> I I mean, you love her so much. I do. I have to contain myself, or I'll just start screaming. Um, so yeah, like, like I said, I watched the original trilogy rather late, and then I was able to jump right into Clone Wars after watching. So I watched the uh, prequels to set myself up for Clone Wars, and that was a time. And then I went into Clone Wars, and I was just so... I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know who the characters were going to be, except for, you know, it was going to have Anakin and Obi-Wan. And then I saw Ahsoka, and I was so surprised... Uh, just because they didn't, like you said, they didn't have a lot of women in the series so far. And I saw her, and I know a lot of the initial reaction to her was kind of that she's an annoying kid. Um, but for me, I just, 
I saw more of myself in her than I had in the other characters because she was just mm-hmm. so gung-ho and excited about things and she had a little bit too much sass with Anakin but I liked seeing her balance him out um, yeah. and she just she had strong convictions she knew what she wanted to do and she was still fumbling a little bit and figuring it out and it was nice to see someone who hadn't quite reached the level of control that like Leia did Leia knew who she was and how she had to deal with people Ahsoka was Mm -hmm. still figuring it out Um, and I just loved seeing her grow from the very beginning to where she got to in Rebels Uh, and I think following that character for so long was a nice change and I just I love Ahsoka so much (laughs) I think she makes you know obviously we roll our eyes a little bit at prequels and and pre-Vader Anakin is a frustrating character but she makes him a far more interesting character. Yeah, she made me like him, and I didn't mm-hmm. like him when I started. Mm-hmm. Um, she adds a layer to him that just isn't doesn't exist in the films. Um, and I think, you know, Alex talked about last week that it's it was kind of concerning when she popped up because obviously she's not in, you know, the, the third prequel film, so what happens? Um, but they do such a good job integrating her um, into this world, and and she sets the stage for you know rebels with Hera, and um, you know things only took off from there. But I, I I like what you said, Nicole, about her not having it all figured out yet. Um, she could have come off as whine like whiny the whole time or obnoxious, um, but the fandom really embraced her, which was you know it could have not gone that way. Um, she yeah she's awesome i i'm with you i'm obsessed yeah when i just love that she like as we saw her grow she started to take more and more control over her life and question what was going on within the jedi in the moment i guess how much spoilers are we getting into here uh i'd say don't say exactly what happened okay well she just she takes control once she's come into her own and i think at that point i got really really excited to see what she was going to do and I think for me seeing her relationship with Anakin also made me care about Vader in a way that I hadn't Mm -hmm. because you see his turn and how you see him as a different person when you see his relationship with her and she kind of brings out the best in him I think and then seeing him go to the dark side then the whole time when I rewatched the original trilogy after watching Clone Wars I felt the pain of oh my god this guy used to be good he used to stand for something good and i i love what they did especially in rebels with that relationship as well i think that's another aspect of having more complex female characters is you know it adds to the male characters (laughs) you know if if you love your if you want your male characters to be deep and real and feeling people adding a strong female brings out more complexity to that and it makes the interactions more interesting and deep and um yeah and i think you see that in rebels a lot yeah and i think it also and this kind of goes off the topic of strong female characters but just the way that you write male characters when there are more diverse personalities around i feel like they gave anakin a little bit more honest vulnerability in that series too Mm -hmm. so i think yeah, I think having her around definitely helped him out, and he was also allowed to be a little more open with her because she was so new. Mm-hmm. For sure. I, I, You know, I people always say, like, oh, man, for the first two seasons, she was so whiny, but I think, 
think I mentioned this on the last show. I never actually found her all that whiny, and I ne it never she never annoyed me. I always kind of liked her. I was like, she'll figure it out. And then season three, she's like strong and confident. And you're like, yeah, there she is. She got it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nicole, would you say Ahsoka is your favorite female character in the universe? Yes. Although I'm told by Josh that when I read Lost Stars that that will change. And I'm a little scared. Oh, I, don't, I don't know that it'll change for you. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think it will. I think you'll strong. like I think you'll like Cyanna. I think she's a complicated and really interesting person, but I don't I don't think you'll I don't think you'll necessarily change your mind. And I, it's not to say that I just don't like Ahsoka anymore. <laughs> Cuz it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Hash, hashtag #Barris was right. But <laughs> I love Barris too. I think for I do really love Barris. Ahsoka has a bit of an unfair advantage too because there's just so much content with her. Like you've got all of Clone Wars, you've got her appearances in Rebels, you've got the book. Not a lot of women get that much screen time. So I think, I don't know, who knows, with the new stuff that they're doing, they have new shows, new characters, maybe she'll get beat out, but right now she's, just her whole journey was so impactful to me, I don't know how, how I can say it's anyone other than her. Yeah. Uh, and I And I also think that She's had such a good impact because she's inspired lots of little girls who have now grown up yeah. watching her. And now we get all these other cool characters. They get all excited about lightsabers, like we talked about on the last show. Yes. Can, yeah. we, can we move to Ray a little bit? And yes, yeah. time let's on do her? that. Um, as I said uh, last podcast, um, and I think I already said it once this time, uh, seeing her wield that lightsaber for the first time, like actual tears <laughs> like in the theater. And it's not, it's uncontrollable. You just feel it. Like I, you know, wanted to be a Jedi and there was no live action representation of that yet. Um, you know, obviously this is a Star Wars podcast, but I saw Wonder Woman last night and it's the same kind of thing when she charged onto the field the first time and there was an emotional response. Representation is so important. Um, and I think, you know, the cool thing so far about Rey is, um, you know, she has a, a lot going on that is completely independent of, you know, romantic entanglements, which is exciting. I feel like uh, if there is anything happening with her and Finn, it's all coming from Finn, which is kind of adorable. <laughs> um, she could not be bothered. Because um, she has bigger things on her mind. Um, and I don't know, I, I just... You know, she was so knowledgeable and so sure of herself. Um, you know, she's a character who I think there was a lot of complaints about how she was too smart and too quick on her feet. And I'm Luke was I would too just, smart. I would just <laughs> reference the first twenty minutes of the movie where it's clear that she's been living on her own um, and you know, climbing through crashed spaceships for parts. And you know, she's clearly knowledgeable. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just so excited to see where they take her from here. Um, I mean, she's obviously the the you know Luke of this series, so she's gonna go on a journey, and I'm really excited what they the groundwork they've laid for that. Yeah, just playing off that like she's too smart and powerful. It's like she's been on Jakku for what, like 15 years almost, mm -hmm. something. Like, what else are you gonna do? Yeah. There's barely video games in <laughs> Star Wars. There's there's not like books that you can just read on Jakku. All you do is work and and dig through, you know, other people's stuff. It's like, what else are you gonna do? You're gonna learn how to pilot. 
My you're gonna birthday. learn by taking things apart that like oh that's what this thing is you're gonna bypass all the compressors in the universe <laughs> getting everything done so it's like i don't i think that's a i think it's a dumb argument but yeah and i like you said when uh you interjected with like luke learned really yeah. quickly too like i think they it for some reason was okay with luke but everyone yeah. brings it yeah. up as a complaint with ray yeah i don't I, and i think she has more backstory reason for having that knowledge than luke did like luke grew up on a farm had kind of a sheltered life and ray was like you said out on her own had to fend for herself had no one yeah it's like i can understand luke knowing how to fly because it's like what else what else are you going to do on tatooine you're gonna fly (laughs) around with your friends through canyons blasting animals helpless animals (laughs) (laughs) but yeah but yeah it and I don't know. It's just... Yeah. Well, and I, I heard a lot of criticism, too, of Force Awakens, that it was kind of a rehash of A New Hope, but I liked that about it. Like, I I liked feeling like this was my A New Hope, because it, yes. it had Rey instead of Luke, and I, I, I liked Luke in the original series, and I liked following his story, but there was something different about seeing Rey there, and I felt way more connected to it than I did before. I mean, I, uh, I I think this got uh, jumbled and a bad audio glitch in the last um, podcast, but as far as rehashing storylines, the thing about Star Wars is it's based on, it's like a myth, you know? It's, it's the archetypal hero and the hero's journey. And, you know, the fact that they reiterate on that is, is not like copying off of itself. It's copying off of a classic storytelling uh, trope. Yeah. And to see it... You know, we haven't had enough of those with female leads and seeing them do that um, and doing it so confidently. I mean, all of JJ's comments throughout the making of the film was so empowering. Um, and, you know, even the other characters like Maz, I know some people didn't really like her very much, but, um, you like, know, having, like yeah, having <laughs> her be the one to kind of, uh, you know, give Ray information rather than, you know, another male character. Because that's the thing, there's not a lot of females from the previous movies you could pull from. So you kind of have to make new ones. Um, I, I really, I love that. I, again, with those hands, I remember even the, the trailer um, when she was handing her the lightsaber and you could tell it was a female's hand to another female's hand. Even that imagery is um, is so important and is so wonderful. Yeah, and I think one thing, we when we talk about female representation, I think the thing that's important to me that I haven't, scene and we got to see in Force Awakens was those two women supporting each other. Like you mentioned the moment with Leia when she and Rey hug. And I think the moment with Maz is also something like this too, where it's like when you only have one woman in the universe, you don't get to see Mm -hmm. the two women interacting. And I liked, I don't know what it, it just, it felt good seeing two women helping each other, being supportive. Um, And you just can't do that unless you have multiple characters. Right. For sure, yeah, yeah. I enjoy I enjoy Ray as a character. I'm excited to see, uh, learn more about this Rose character. Yeah. Uh, which that was like a huge surprise at Celebration. I know nothing about this, by the way, so I, I don't know if I want to know more or if it's spoiled. We don't know yeah, much about her either. There's not so. a lot of information. They basically they brought out the cast and then announced there's a new character in the next movie. Her name is Rose. She's played by Kelly Marie Tran. Yes. Um, And she came out on stage. We don't really know what she's going to be doing, except for she's. 
She's a mechanic in the re in the resistance. Yeah, and she kind of hangs out with Finn and Poe, I believe. Yeah. But that's and, all we know. And the only other thing we know about her is that apparently her sister is also in the resistance, and her si her sister is like a gunner or something. Oh, I didn't know ship. that. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. So I'm just, just really intrigued by her character and what she's going to be doing. Just like a quick shout out though to having also female engineers and pilots and uh, spies, small female roles that talked during force awakens yeah. just a little bit more layering in there it was appreciated as well yeah for sure all right any talk about rogue one and uh felicity jones character hmm yeah like it like i think that like um like i really like rogue one i think that uh Jin is maybe one of the unfortunately maybe one of the weak points of the movie because a lot of her character and I and I have a feeling that all this kind of happened when they did the reshoots and were recutting the movie a lot of her character development doesn't seem to make much sense scene by scene unfortunately um but I do I do like her as a character I like what I think they were probably going for I got a little, I'm not going to lie, I got a little misty-eyed when she sees her dad after a long time in the hologram, and he's like, my stardust, and she's like crying, and I'm like, oh god, I'm going to cry, <laughs> but, but, um, I, I mean, I, I think, I think she's an interesting character. I need to read Rebel Rising, because everyone says that that book, it, it uh, makes it a little bit better, because it's, that book is from the moment, um, she gets found in the bunker, up until she gets pretty much rescued, quote unquote, uh, in Rogue One, when K two's like, "Congratulations, oh, yeah. like you've been rescued," um, and apparently that's supposed to add a lot to her character because you get to actually you get to see her get like you know abandoned, like she mentions, mm -hmm. um, and some other things. So I don't know. I need to get through that. But yeah, I feel like with Jin, I don't really know her very well. Um, so maybe that's something that will be helped with the uh, other content they're making for her. Like, she's going to be in the new Forces of Destiny show, so I'm excited to see more of her personality in that, too. Um, but yeah, I just, I didn't feel like I knew her very well. I, I liked where they were going with it, but again, in that movie, she was the only female character. Like, Mon Mothma was there, but other than that she was the only one so was, that was a little disappointing um i will say i'm excited again um just from the filmmaking and 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 you know uh financial uh standpoint that they had the confidence again to put a woman in the lead role on the poster um that fear of oh we're not going to make any money um yeah seems to be subsiding um and so i think that bodes well for future uh films starring uh females in the star wars universe yeah, definitely. That was really nice seeing her be a lead of the movie. Yeah. For sure. Alex, you've been very quiet. I've been dealing with uh, some neighbor issues. Sorry. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Are your neighbors <laughs> fighting again? Oh yeah. Yeah. They're going right. at it. Wow. I think I think someone burnt their dinner or something. I don't know. Um, oh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> they're 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 really weird people. Uh, I think we, we're missing some characters that that are pretty strong that. Um, we've seen in the cartoon series, especially we have Sabine Wren, yes. you have Harris and Dula. Hera? You have from uh, Clone Wars, you have Bo-Katan, you have Mother Talzin, you have the whole 
nice sisters group. Yes. Those are characters that we had never really seen aside from inklings of them in video games or, you know, expanded universe stuff. But they're they're starting to really flesh them out and as opposed to just being a supporting character, they're actually part of the larger narrative and the larger storyline. I mean Mother Tolson herself just just her whole influence with giving Maul, you know, she's a part of the story as opposed to just a character who, you know, added a little thing here and there. If it weren't right. for her, the sequence of events that we had leading up to where we are in episode seven wouldn't have happened. Yeah. And you have uh, Bo-Katan, who's going to be coming back in this next season. And there's just going to be some, some really interesting developments, seeing as how the last time we saw her was the War on Mandalore. I mean, she was the first person to send up against Maul when he took over. I mean, no other character did that. And the fact that the rest of her clan followed her, you know, against this, this new regime, you know, I think that was a pretty big point. Yeah. Yeah, I forget about her a lot, because uh, she's only in like a couple episodes, but she's a cool character. Yeah, yeah, and I think Rebels has done a great job with having like they have a lot of interesting characters that we could talk about. Like you mentioned Sabine, and I think they gave her such an interesting arc in the latest season, um, and she like I like that they put two women on the same team and we yeah. could see them interacting with each other and there's something we went to the heroines of star wars panel at celebration and we got to hear dave filoni talk about the series a little bit um and it was nice how just how dedicated he is to making sure that he does his women characters justice and he talked about how you know he had this the first conversation we ever saw between sabine and hera and um, I guess initial drafts had had them talking about Kanan and he went in and said, guys, no, we're not going to have their first conversation be about a guy. Yes. They need to talk about yes. the rebellion and they, they have way more important things going on. And I loved hearing that and knowing that that's something that they're paying attention to in the series. And I think it makes a lot of their decisions so far make sense. You know, they're trying really hard to make sure that these are well-rounded characters, that they're different from each other. They have different values um, and we see them taking an active role in the rebellion as opposed to letting the men lead. You guys should talk a little bit more about that. Um, I know we, we said we were going to definitely pimp out that heroines of star Wars panel. It is on. It's on YouTube. YouTube. Yes. Definitely watch it. I teared up multiple times while watching that. panel. (laughs) We were also behind like two. Wait, that was the rebels panel. The two kids. Uh, That might've been the rebels panel. Yeah. Yeah, That's that's a whole different conversation, but uh, Dave, Dave Filoni's a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he, he talked about what I also liked, which is this I, I think comes more from being a writer. I like that he called out the women on his team because they, like when you think of the TV show, you don't really know the names besides him. Yeah. And it was nice hearing him give them credit. Um, and I like they showed this reel at the beginning of the panel where it was just all the women in the animated series and the movies. I think they included. I don't remember. I think so. But it was just all the women. And I remember watching it, and it was it was a similar thing to, you know, watching Wonder Woman and tearing up when she walked onto the field. It's like seeing all of them on one screen together, you start getting emotional. You're like, man, we're, we're getting there. We're getting to a point where we have a lot more representation. Yeah. And uh, it just, the things he said about how important it was to see 
he talked about how important it was for kids to see heroes on screen um, and have their own heroes that they could kind of grow up with. And it was really nice to see that. I mean, I'm just so excited for the future. You know, you walk down the street and you see these girls with these Star Wars t-shirts on and it's just so exciting. They're going to be little forces of nature. I'm just so excited about it. Um, Back to that panel, though, they announced a couple cool things uh, coming up. Yeah, so they're going to do a a new series. It's, um, I think, two to three minute shorts and it's called Forces of Destiny. It's, It's all short little episodes featuring the women of Star Wars. Um, And it's definitely aimed at a younger audience, but it's kind of showing little adventures that they go on. It's supposed to teach them kind of lessons about, you know, being true to yourself, standing up for what you believe in. Um, And it's got uh, the voice, it's voice acted by the people in the movie. So it's got Daisy Ridley, Felicity Jones, um, a bunch of other people people i can't remember right now Tia but Sinkar, who does sabine wren ashley Eckstein, yeah. lupita nuango i think most everybody who did yeah pretty much everyone voices. signed on yeah and we and got I think... to see the first episode too yeah <laughs> yeah we got to see the one with ray um and so that comes out in july something like that yeah and, and they're planning new uh action figures yes. for it right yes yeah they brought them out um like, they had, uh, God, I'm bad with names. They had Daisy Ridley, Ashley Elkestein, and Tia Sakar on the panel. And then they surprised them by bringing out their dolls and their reaction. You have to watch the video of the of the panel because seeing their reaction was just amazing. They all got really excited. And the dolls look awesome. And I remember Tia looking at her and Ashley's dolls and just saying, like, man, I am so excited to see like not only women but women of color and different different kinds of people represented and I think I mean in a lot of conversations we definitely have a ways to go but I'm really glad that we're moving in the right direction yeah absolutely and the the nice thing about those dolls too is that not not only are they doing female characters they're also doing Luke and Chewbacca and they're, they're trying to make it so it's not necessarily a toy geared towards boys or girls Right. It's to everybody, and they're also doing uh, what do you call it? More, more like race staff. Race, or yeah, something. they're doing uh, yeah. yeah the like staff. Toys. They're doing some lightsabers, and I mean these fi- these dolls. Now they're they're figures. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely going to be trying to get some of these. I mean they are beautiful. The, oh uh, yeah, the Ahsoka is awesome. Sabine. It looks comes great with a loft cat. Yeah. Oh. I mean, they're 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 the perfect collectible. I mean, any anybody who's a Star Wars fan is gonna want these. I mean, we saw them in person there at the booth too. I mean, their their sculpts are really nice, but again, they're something that is not geared towards one specific gender. Everybody can buy these, play with these, collect these. Nice. Yeah. Now, as much as I would like to keep going because I feel like I could talk about this subject all day. <laughs> We have been going on a little long, and we have other things to get to. So closing thoughts um, from everyone, if they want, and then we're going to move on to some news. I think I I pretty much said uh, everything I feel about the subject. I'm just so excited um, and so positive. And I, I think the thing that I'm happiest about is that despite some, you know, trolling online that's going to exist, uh, 
most fans, for the most part, have welcomed with open arms these new additions of of a little more diversity. And and I, as you mentioned, Nicole, we have a ways to go in terms of representation, um, racial representation for sure. Um, you know, but uh, I'm excited. I'm excited about the future, and I definitely feel like I'm seeing a lot more of myself in Star Wars now than I did when I was a kid. Um, I will miss leia in the future though and uh it's it's sad that we won't get too much more of her but i think she's left a great legacy yeah i'm excited for more female characters but i'm excited for more complex and interesting female characters as well yeah and i think just mirroring what you said that's exactly how i feel about it i'm excited for the future i'm excited to see what they do and how much they grow and i I love seeing little kids look at the screen and light up because they feel like they can identify with that character. So I just want to see what's next. (laughs) What's next? (laughs) All right. If nobody has any thoughts left, uh, I think I hear the hum of the hollow news network coming (laughs) on. There's a, we got news. We got to go. All right, so our first, we actually have a couple news stories. They're a little short. Um, I'm going to do this a little differently than I did the first week because uh, I kind of droned on a bit. But the first news story we have, Star Wars Episode Nine to delay filming until 2018 following script rewrites after Carrie Fisher's death. Um, this article comes from The Sun. It says, while fans of the Star Wars saga patiently wait for Star Wars The Last Jedi to be released in December of this year, the cast and crew are already gearing up to, f- uh, sorry, gearing up to film the ninth episode. Initial scripts for the as-yet-untitled un- ninth installment were reportedly reported, oh God, I'm so bad at reading today, <laughs> reported to heavily focus on Carrie Fisher's iconic role of Leia Organa. And, um, yeah, so this also actually goes hand-in-hand with another new story that past episode nine they have not mapped out literally anything and i i'm curious on everyone's thoughts on both of those um both of those stories there was some confusion that um post episode seven they had like they had not mapped out a single thing and i'd heard that parroted a lot this week and that's not actually the case. It's past episode nine. They had a general gist of what they wanted to do yeah. for that trilogy, but they're saying that past episode nine, they have no plans, and they wanted to give people more freedom with their movies, especially the anthology movies, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But um, it's really sad that we're not going to get the Leia or the Leia movie like we thought we were. I hope they uh, release that in some form, like. Mm. have someone write a book based on the original script or yeah. something because i'd really like to see what they plan to do with it i know why they had to yeah scrap it but yeah i guess my initial reaction is i'm glad that they're not trying to force something um you know uh no pun intended um <laughs> that couldn't have worked you know using cgi or trickery or something um you know I, when i hear delay like this in terms of reacting to real world events I get happy I'm glad that they're thinking it through and taking their time and um even with the other story about how they don't really have firm plans um 
I think there was this fear that they were just going to be pumping out Star Wars 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 into Infinity. It was going to be a Fast and the Furious situation. But um, yeah, I'm I'm glad that they seem to be taking it seriously and taking their time. Yeah. And I agree. I I, I kind of want I kind of want to see where it would have gone. It's sad. I'm I'm really really curious to know what episode nine is going to be about and how they how they you know alter the timeline. Don't have Leia. You know how they reconcile all that. Which... I mean that's got to be a complete rewrite right like if they focused on leia so much probably for the most part yeah Yeah. and unfortunately i doubt we'll ever see that thing is how we still don't know the biggest changes that were made to rogue one i mean they're keeping that secret well rogue one i understand not wanting to release that stuff i think with i mean i i think you're right we probably won't ever see that original script but considering the reason it was changed there's probably more of a chance yeah I don't know. Well, we'll see. Um, any more thoughts? Let we go on to our second and last news story. I got a third news story for you real quick after. Oh, you do, yeah. do you? Twist. Breaking right. news. Well, <laughs> post it in the show notes, and I'll get going on this second news story here. Um, third Star Wars anthology movie to be revealed in June. That's this oh. month. Um, the third Star Wars anthology movie is set to be picked next month as Lucasfilm begins discussions of which character will be taking the spotlight. A standalone Star Wars adventure movie is set to be released every other year with Rogue One, a Star Wars story released in 2016 and the young Han Solo epic, of course, on for a 2018 release. That was a weird sentence. Um, <laughs> but what, what does everyone want? Who, If you could have a movie based on any character hmm. from from anything what would you want i have a i have a, a pick well if you're ready um, go for yeah. it all right so uh i was talking to my coworker sean and i was telling him about this comic series that is in the each issue is in the star wars comics like each of the volumes puts like one of the issues and it's it follows it's called the journals of old ben and it basically follows Obi-Wan Kenobi living as a hermit on Tatooine, like watching and protecting Luke from afar over the course of many years and like getting into scuffles with Uncle Owen about like why he should or shouldn't, you know, be around and stuff. And it is so good. It really? is I'm sorry, I'm laughing because that sounds really boring. No. <laughs> I mean, it no. There's things happen like action. There's like bounty hunters like trying to come okay. after. It's freaking awesome. It's so good. And I and and uh, I was talking to my coworker, and he's like, "How great would it be in June? They just release a logo, and it just says Star Wars Kenobi." And I was like, "Don't you say those things? <laughs> like, don't you say those things unless they're true?" Because <laughs> that's that's what I want. That would be amazing. Yeah, I'd say you saying that, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, I love what they did with him in Clone Wars series. There's not a lot of extra space there then because we've seen him, you know, his timeline's pretty well covered. Um, but I guess that's the only open time period left. So I guess yeah. that's what I'll take. I feel like, though, they, they Lucasfilm, it's like we already told this story in a comic book. We're not going to tell it on the screen, mm. unfortunately, is sort of how I see them doing that because... Yeah, I, I feel like they wanna they wanna keep like they wanna keep the stories to where they've to where they already exist. But 
I saw someone doing a like a fan casting of Young Leia with um what is that actress's name from Stranger Things? Oh yeah, her. What's her name? I don't know. Her. Uh, someone look it up. Uh, but Ego Lady. That, <laughs> that made me think like um, seeing a super young Leia would be interesting because uh, she is mentioned a little bit in the Ahsoka book, but we don't really see a lot of her early mm-hmm. life. Millie uh, Bobby in- Brown. Yes. In the Leia comic book, you get to see her as like a ten-year-old. Yeah. Um, like flashbacks to to uh, to her dad, like trying to teach her how to fight and stuff. Yeah, like it. It was an interesting glimpse into her as a kid, because in Ahsoka, they she's really young. I think she's younger than ten in that one, and you just see a little bit of her, and it made me wonder. Okay, what has she been up to? Because then you see her once in. Clone Wars or Rebels? Rebels. Rebels. She's like, well, she would almost be, yeah. Yeah, so seeing kind of her maybe from somewhere between age 10 and 15 would be interesting. You know, Nicole, just searching Stranger Things cast on Google and seeing the picture that comes up for Millie Bobby Brown, she should play young Leia. She She looks a lot like her. Perfect. Yeah. That would be cool. I'd I'd be down for that some some uh also some more jimmy smiths running around not dead you know that'd be pretty cool um yeah what what uh alex if you could have one you get one movie you get to kathleen kennedy knocks on your door neighbors are fighting in the background you open it (laughs) kathleen kennedy is standing there and she goes alex varkas what i need your help pick a movie what do you say i say a two-part movie based Whoa. on the she's like, she's like whoa okay <laughs> hang on <laughs> uh, you're gonna need this um a two-part movie for the backstory of Qui-Gon Jinn okay because why two parts though because I feel like his story is complex enough for more than just one movie I mean this is a character who which I'm not sure if it's so canon or not but he was offered a seat in the Jedi Council and said no He's a character that has always been, or at least what we've seen, he, he always pushed to be mindful of the moment of the Force, which is something that the rest of the Jedi completely ignored, leading to their downfall. And he was also the first Jedi to become one with the Force in the way that we see Yoda and Obi-Wan do later on, too. So his That's development true. is had to have been different from everybody else's. I mean, he still went through the steps, he still went through the motions for training, but for him to have gone to that high of a level before anyone else had, there has to have been something that we haven't seen or been told yet. Is there extended universe content for why he's so peculiar? I think there used there, to be. Yeah, there used to be. And um, ever since they redid the canon verse, uh, I don't think there's anything really left. So we're just kind of left with glimpses based off of what's said in the book. Uh, the, uh, the Phantom Menace version and then just what we see in the movie and then i think glimpses were were in some of the comics too i like that yeah mm-hmm. that's a good choice i mean hopefully so we, we get to kenobi see... young leia right. and it's like we always want backstories we want to know more about these characters yeah i think it's because we're I also know, i want to know where walrus man came from honda baba ah, it's fine <laughs> i want to know why he has a claw hand in one shot and a like they edited that out 
I think on the Blu-ray. Yeah, gotta go. They changed it to a real hand. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like good old hairy hand. I like the flipper hand. That's my favorite hand. <laughs> you guys should have a whole episode about yeah. which hand is best. <laughs> That'll be another one of our April Fool's episodes. What was we'll your see if we can talk for an wild. hour about about which which hand was the best. <laughs> oh my god! All right, what about you, Becky? Oh well, I think uh, Obi Wan, but uh, gosh, you know, I, I'm liking everybody else's ideas. I, you know, what I would have said, uh, I would have said Rogue One. You know, um, obviously, I don't think it lived up quite to my expectations, um, but I love the idea of taking a moment from the original trilogy um, that doesn't really connect to any of the other characters. And you know, there is. What did many Bothams die to bring them in, you know, uh, Return of the Jedi? That story seems interesting. That second Rogue One kind <laughs> of story. Um, I have a feeling that'll be a comic book at some point. It has to be. Yeah. So that kind of stuff. Something where you can flesh out that's maybe not necessarily connected to the main characters. I'd like to see a moment in time um, represented on a larger scale. But everyone else's ideas were really awesome too. I'd see all these movies. <laughs> well, they get—they just put Star Wars in front of it, and I'm gonna see it, read it, watch it, listen, whatever. Buy it. I don't care. Buy, buy it, live it, live it. Uh, anyway, Eat it. Um, we can go to this last. <laughs> we can go to this last news story. I'm not gonna elaborate it on a ton. I'm just gonna say what it is, and if people want to be are more interested, they can go look for themselves because. It, you know, spoiler warning. Yeah, not it's not too bad. I'm not going to say much. Uh, So you can stick around. You don't have to, like, skip ahead or get out. Uh, I'm not going to say much. I don't want to know. I don't I don't. Should I not look at this link? No, you'll be okay. Okay. (laughs) What is it? Spoilers for. So I'm going to read the headline. Okay. And I'm not going to elaborate much. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Uh, There was a Star Wars Lego leak. And it has images of some new characters and uh, an image of what Snoke will look like in Last Jedi. I'm not going to elaborate any further. Okay. If you're interested in that sort of thing, you can go find the images. They're online. They're not hard to find. You can literally type Lego Snoke leak and you'll probably see it immediately. So this was a mistake. This was not something we were supposed to see. Yeah, the picture I saw, it's literally like a... Honestly, I don't think it's that big a deal. But... I don't think so either, but if you're trying to keep things secret like that, if you want to be, you know, spoiler-free, yeah. it's a bit it's of a It's literally like a phone picture off the box where it shows all the minifigs, and and it says, Supreme Leader Snoke, and it's, he looks different. So it's like, all right. But, again, if you're, if you're you know, trying to stay spoiler-free, I understand that. I, I honestly don't really want to know more about Last Jedi. Yeah. So I'm trying to stay as spoiler-free as possible. But um, you know, just an just an interesting, an interesting little tidbit, uh, a little nugget there. of information. Yeah, and that's actually gonna wrap up our news. So, you know, what it's time for what? Creature of the week. Ujabuk. They were no longer. I thought they smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> the creature of the week this week is the loath cat. Both cats were members of the Tuca family. Don't even ask. I have no idea what that is. 
they're native to Lothal. I know where that is. Often found in the grassy plains of the Outer Rim planet. They were small, temperamental creatures, and while at times friendly, were still able hunters with sharp teeth and claws. And they feasted on loath rats. Some really, some quality naming right there. Everything's just a loath. Are you, so if you live on Lothal, are you just like a loath person? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, you're a, a loath person. You eat loath bread. Loath man and loath woman. <laughs> so these appear, I think, exclusively in Star Wars Rebels, correct? Yes. Uh, there's yes. If you, so little, not spoiler, um, little tidbit. If you are watching the scene uh, where Jenner shows a little girl in her room, there's these little toys. And there's a small doll of a tuka in the background of a loath cat. Oh, there's a loath cat doll in Rogue One. She I is on it. an outer rim planet. She is. I mean, and keep in mind, tuka is just the larger, you know, genus name, I guess you could say. Uh, but it looks like a really weird loaf cat. Interesting. They're so cute. Yeah. That's they are pretty cute. cool. We have two of them from uh, Celebration or Europe. Oh, you do? Yeah, we have the. You didn't go to Europe, though, right? No, I had a friend just... who went, and I saw them for sale. So I messaged her right away. He's like, hey, can you go buy me the loaf cats? And so she went and stood <laughs> in line. So we have the all white, and we have the uh, the multicolored brown. Nice. So here's a question, because I like matchups. How many loath cats would it take to take down a Gundark? I don't think there's enough. Fifty. You don't think there's enough? I don't think there's enough. Loath cats are tiny. Gundarks. But like, if you had, yeah, like an army of loath cats, like a million. I think a million would just weigh it down and kill it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Smothered by loath cats. That's not a bad way to go. <laughs> it might be a bad way to go. They probably it? smell. They just said, oh, and here they have their able hunters with sharp teeth and claws. That might not be a great way to go. But have you seen how cuddly they are? Aww. I guess. Like, like little bears. You get crushed to death by furry <laughs> cuddles. But aren't the, the Ewoks are the little bears? <laughs> I'm just saying, but like a real life bear. Oh, you could go cuddle a little bear, even though you. it looks like it wants a cuddle. It'll claw your mouth off your face. <laughs> Then you won't have a mouth. <laughs> How will you eat? Anyway. Uh, so, s- surprise, we actually have mail. What? What? Yeah. So, so, so cue the, cue the, cue the hollow sound, sound again. again. We have a message. <laughs> what message? The one you've just been playing. The one you're carrying inside your rusty innards. Who is that from, Josh? Well, we have, we have a message, uh, Oh man, I should have had like a piece of paper that I could have like. But I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that hurt. Did you just throw a paper at his face? She threw a whole notebook at me. <laughs> <laughs> I really fast. For the sake of the podcast. Uh, anyway, we have a message from Jay, friend of the show. I, I talk to him on Twitter a lot. He, he every time I talk about like what book I'm reading, he's always like, "That's a good book." <laughs> Uh, he asks, we kind of talked about this, but we can just clarify again. He says, who's your favorite heroine and why is it Ahsoka? <laughs> <laughs> because uh, she's the best. So I I want to answer Cyanna Ree, but I'm like, I'm hesitant to even call her a heroine. But I, but I wouldn't call her a villain either. So I don't know. Ahsoka, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you can. L- let's just change it to female character since we almost did all the all way right. around the horn with this. Yeah. Well, then I'm doubling down on Cyanarie. 
I need to read this book. Yeah. And Nicole, yeah, you you're, do. you're firmly in the Ahsoka camp. Correct? Yes. Um, I'm going to say Ray. I, I really love Ray. I'm so excited for her. She's like so deeply embedded in my heart at this point. So she's good. I'm going to say Ray. Favorite female character? Mm-hmm. Uh, Asajj Ventress. Ooh. We didn't talk about Asajj, did we? We didn't. Not really. She has a, she great, has a great arc. I love does. her. Over the course of all this And stuff. it's not something that we know all of a sudden. What I liked is that they kind of... She's this villain, but then as the series went on, you learn more and more and more about her. Mm-hmm. And then her fall from, you know, possibly becoming a Sith to her turn to a bounty hunter to what you see in the books. I mean, she's my favorite character overall. Yeah, I feel really? like... <clears throat> they made her such a interesting, well-rounded villain. Yeah. In good villains, you can see a bit of their logic, so it's not totally incomprehensible that they would have lighter shades to them or become bounty hunters or occasionally work with the, you know, light side. Um, And also, just her character design is awesome. Yes. We saw some cool Ventress cosplayers at Celebration. Yeah, there's some really good ones over there. for sure. For sure. Well, thank you for sending that in, everyone. We actually have an email now. uh, And I will... will talk about it in the in the ending spiel of the show because we're going to start closing the show out right now uh anyway thank you for listening to this episode of long time ago radio if you'd like to be a part of the show you can email us at podcast at canontimeline.com and if you'd like to follow me on twitter you can do so by looking up the jawa josh and then everyone else uh where can people follow you I'm Becky, and you can find me at Rebecca June Lane. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at, under Dapper underscore Fit. And you can find me at N underscore Martinez 6 on Twitter. Sweet, sweet. All right, everybody. Remember to join us next week when we'll be discussing the extended universe of the new canon. Where's a good place to start and what books, comics, games, and other things we can recommend for people trying to get started. Uh, have a nice week. And uh, may the force be with you. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.